What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to You in HD, your identity in higher definition with Pastor Eric Miller. Join us in our journey of faith in God by taking an in-depth look into the Bible's authority and sufficiency to guide us in our Christian walk. Discover your identity in Jesus Christ today. How you doing? This is Reverend Eric. We have now got to um, still in Mark. We're making our way through slowly but surely, taking scripture by scripture. Uh, I think it's very important that we continue to observe all that the Bible has for us, all that the good news has for us, so that we don't overlook things that are very important. Uh, some of the most important things in the Bible can be overlooked for for the idea of people trying to speed along the message and get the message, you know, out and on paper and you know, out in front of an audience, or get a Bible study out there off and quick and to an audience. What's so integral is as we move through as Christians that we stick close to the word of God man made religion man made belief structures can be very enticing they can be alluring they can appear to have a sense of righteousness on them they can appear to have a an ideology on them that, that seems Christian for all intents and purposes, it may even look and sound like the gospel. But it's not. If it doesn't have the truth of Christ, if it doesn't have what the apostles taught, if it didn't have what the prophets taught, and it doesn't come from them, it is not the word of God. The apostles taught from what Jesus told them to teach. The prophets taught what Jesus told them to say. This is how it works. This is what we have to understand and believe and trust. We live in a time where liberalism is rampant. Modern Christianity is poisoned and polluted, full of it. People looking at the scriptures and trying to get alternate thinking on it. Alternate perceptions of what it may look like, what it may appear like. Maybe Paul didn't mean that. Maybe Abraham was supposed to be this way. All this nonsense, all because... The only way, reason you attack the word of God, the only reason you attack the word of God is when you disagree with the word of God. When the word of God makes a mandate and the Bible states a mandate of something that makes somebody uncomfortable, the first thing to do is try to change it. Doesn't feel good to them. I don't like the way that sounds. That, sounded, that sounds horrible. It doesn't leave me no wiggle room. There ain't no wiggle, there ain't no wiggle room when it comes to the word of God 
There's no wiggle room when it comes to the truth. The truth is the truth. It needs to be the truth. It needs to always be the truth. It needs to seek nothing else. The truth is always going to be the same. I was reading something uh, from a book that I got from work. Not from work, but I was at work and it just glanced across as I was going to uh, put it for sale. And it said, by liberal education, from UTSA, you know, then I won't go on along. You can look up liberal education on your own. It's an interesting concept. It's been around for years. It came around, died, and then coming back. But one of the things it said was, you got to have to be comfortable with the fact that you're going to have to ask questions that may not have certain answers. They may not have an answer at all. That's part of one of the prerequisites to understanding liberal education. Now, my biggest concern was, and I laughed when I read this, because I was thinking, well, if you're going to read something, and you're going to study something, and you're going to be educated in something, shouldn't it be a truth, a truth claim at the end of the day? But that's not what liberalism is all about. Liberalism, especially when it comes to liberal theology, it throws out definites out the window. It throws out any idea that there's a consistent truth. It highlights opinions, feel-good messages, and the latter. And it just grows on and on and on. Definite truths become maybes. They start to say there's no real certainty in what a man, what the Bible says. It's just you know a collection of some maybes and some ideas, and then it starts being you start pulling things out of it because it makes you sound makes you uncomfortable. Because in this day and age, when you say stuff that God hates divorce, people get upset. Because they're divorced. God hates adultery. People get upset because why? They've committed adultery. God hates liars. People get upset because why? Because little white lies are okay. It's okay to tell your kids about Santa Claus even though he's not real. That's a white lie. It doesn't hurt anything. It's still a lie. Well, aren't you getting a little too serious? No, sir. A lie is a lie. That's how God sees things. A lie is a lie. There's no little white lie, a little sin. and a... No, sin is sin. The littlest sin you can think of will still get you to hell. First class. There ain't no economy seating when it goes to hell. Everyone's going first class that's not in Christ. So yeah, that makes me a little uncomfortable when they run across these concepts of truth is certain. And we know what the Bible says is true. And if you're still questioning that as a Christian, you, you're in some trouble. You're in some trouble, Jack. You got some concerns. And we got to address them. But as we're making our way through Mark, and... Uh, and let me say, it's a lot in there. There's a lot of meat in Mark. But as you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take it step by step, case by case. We just, we just mosey our way through, and we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. It's a discipline. We have to, we have to not rush through the Bible like I stated earlier. We, we got to take it for what it is, because this, this is how we live. This is how we breathe. This is how we eat. This is how Christians eat, brothers and sisters. This is what we do. The Bible, this isn't the, the magazine you throw on the ground and you read and you put it back on the coffee table because it looks pretty. You don't leave it in the bathroom because it's bathroom reading. 
You don't leave a text to your bedside that you only read when you go into bed because it makes you feel better. It is, belongs in the kitchen. It belongs on our plates. It belongs everywhere at all times and in all situations. It does not belong in a situation. If the, let me put it a better way. If the Bible, if you have to, put, someone has to tell you, you know, there's got to be a time where the Bible is useful and the Bible is not. Well, the time that the Bible is useful, you not useful, you should not be there. If preaching and teaching is is a is a season and 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 there's some areas where it needs to be out of season, you know, you don't preach when you're out doing this because you're. If there's ever a time where God has to be cut off, you need to be cut off. You don't go down that road. I get made fun of all the time. Don't you ever get tired of preaching? And I'll say it again. Don't you ever get tired of breathing? When they say, no, I got to breathe, and I tell them quickly, no, I got to preach. Got to preach. Nothing gives my life joy than serving God. Nothing brings peace to my soul than serving God. Nothing fulfills me other than serving God. Nothing else matters to me more than God and his word. I don't know if I can make that any more plain. That is what I'm about. I ain't about anything different. That's me. What I'm about, that's what I plan on being. And I'm, 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 God, please keep me there. As a prayer I ask every day. Five years I've been in this word, been, been, been as a Christian. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, still a baby, milk behind the ears. And so many people that started out with me are no longer with me. I'm sure I'm not, I'm preaching to the choir right now because many of y'all listening today can attest to the same thing. You had people that was with you as your theology, as your doctrine, as your faith, as your trust in God grew, so did the gap between you and them people that you knew. And that's all right. That's okay. It was bound to happen. It couldn't happen any other way because there's got to be a terror. There's got to be a, there's got to be a separation between sheep and goats. Goats eat anything. Sheep goes where the shepherd goes. They may look like they're in the same pasture, but eating two different things. 
The trust is in two different things. Goats trust their guts. They trust what's in their belly. They trust what they see. Shepherd, they, they, they are designed, the sheep are designed to follow the shepherd. They trust him. They know where he sits, they can sit. When he tells them to eat, they can eat. When they need to get on the move, they get on the move. They trust the shepherd. The goat, yeah, that's a little bit of there, but it's got to be a sheepdog somewhere nearby. Got to be a dog to keep them goats in line. Keep them moving. But let's be honest. Got to be a separation. Got to be a separation. Many of those that have fallen away, especially for me, like I'm somebody special, but just as friendships. Don't want to take my calls. Don't want to take my texts. But then want to respond to some commentary if I put something on social media. They don't like my tone. What happened, Eric? Well, it can't be this black and white. Yes, it is. It is going to be that black and white. Because it doesn't say Eric's Holy Bible. My name ain't in that Bible. I can't get a soul saved. Ain't nothing, I, I wrote nothing in that Bible. Nothing. But I believe what's written in that Bible. And my life is at stake because of that. I am placing all of my eternal life in Christ and in this word of God. And I be darned. If I'm going to have somebody change my mind because I'm going to be afraid that somebody's not going to want to be my friend no more. Because I trust the word of God and stand on it. I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all gone through this. And if you've not gone through this, it's coming. Your time is coming where your friends and your family will turn their backs on you. As your faith grows, so will the gap between your friends and your family. Now, as we get started, we're going to go ahead and take a look. We left off in Mark chapter 2. And stay with me as we go through this. This is going to be some meat. We're going to go through this. Um, steady and strong. Uh, this is where Jesus is going to do a, a major collision. Here's another collision between some, the honesty of what the gospel is and what, what why the gospel cannot be tampered with. It does not mix with nothing on this earth. You cannot mix the gospel with anything else on this earth. It will not mix. And the consequences are devastating. And eternal. To be at that. What am I talking about? Get your Bibles. And let's read. In Mark chapter 2. We'll start at verse 18. Many of y'all you see it. And many of y'all have. Um. The paragraphs that brackets off. You have an ESV or NIV. The Bibles will be segmented in, in, in parts. You know, like mine has the call of Matthew, and then of course has dining with sinners and the question about fasting. Everybody has that. I use those as good guideposts because they help me out. I love this. I, it keeps me on point. keeps me keeps me sharp and and in the word. It keeps me in, in how I take bite sized chunks. So I don't. Overlook what I'm reading. And I'm sure we'll still miss things because the Bible is so rich. I'm sure we'll miss things, but at least we have some pieces in between to kind of get us through these processes. So let's go ahead and read 
Start of verse 18. My Bible reads, I read out of the Holman Christian Standard. Your Bible may, be, may sound uh, slightly different, but read along with me. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. People came and asked him, Why do John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples fast, but your disciples do not? Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot fast while the groom is with them. Can they? As long as they have the groom with them, they cannot fast. But the time will come when the groom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one, now watch this. Now here's the interesting part. This is where Jesus cuts right into them. Because what happened was a question about tradition, and this is an attack. It may not look like it. This is where these people are trying to say, you should be traditionally doing this thing. John's in prison. There's a time for remorse. This is what traditionally we do when some of our loved ones in such and such situation. This is what we do when there's a problem and we need God's assistance. Again, not necessarily on the, on the surface, it doesn't look too bad. But watch how Jesus attacks the situation because he knows what's in their heart. This wasn't a question of a pure question of shouldn't, it be a, shouldn't we be petitioning God for some aid in this situation. This wasn't about that. This is about a confrontation. Should, should, shouldn't our Judaic tradition be honored? Because if John's disciples are fasting and the Pharisees are fasting... Why ain't your disciples fasting, Jesus? What's up with that? If they're so, if these, if you are, this here's here's another one. If you are the Messiah, if you are the Messiah, the King of the Jews, the Holy One of God, surely you understand the need to follow the traditions, right? Watch what Jesus says. Verse 21, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new patch pulls away from the old garment and worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine in the old wine skins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is, is lost as well as the skins. But new wine is for fresh wine skins. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you help us get through this word, Lord. Help it enrich our lives and enrich us and, 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 and feed us as we are hungry to understand the necessity of the gospel for our lives, the necessity for the gospel to save a life and to preach it right and to teach it right. Keep us away from man-made traditions, Lord, that alters our understanding of the gospel and protect us Lord from a weak faith and a weak mind and, and, and steer us back to the truth of God Lord I ask that this word be divided rightly guard help guard my mouth Lord and don't let me speak what you want what you want to say in Jesus name amen let's dive right on in this is some good stuff right here. You should be excited. This is some good stuff. Woo! It's good stuff. So, the beginning of this is, is an interesting part because 
it starts out, it says that John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Now, fasting is a sermon and a lesson into itself. There are so much that can be said about fasting. And it will be said about fasting. One of the problems, though, that we, that's happening right now, at this junction, what we're reading right now, is that there's a problem. The problem is they're fasting. And fasting is a state of mourning. When you're desiring something from God, it's getting on your knees, it's sacrificing and taking something away from yourself of, of high necessity. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is a time of mourning. It is a time when you're fasting, you're in some pain, you're hurting, you need to find answers. Whether it's from little faith or seeking some insight into something that is enduring, lasting, and painful. It's not easy. You don't get on your knees small and light. That takes, that takes some concentration. That takes faith. It takes also something integral called some problems involved, some pain. Here's the problem, though. Jesus addressed it very seriously and very intimately. Look at, look at this. Jesus said that if the wedding guests cannot fast, the wedding guests cannot fast, in Jewish tradition, I'm going to try to truncate this as, as, as much as I can so it doesn't bleed over into the rest of the lesson, but it's important to know. When you, in Jewish weddings, you know, the, the, when, and this is where we, and we have to, and it's interesting to kind of read this a little bit. Um, in Jewish tradition customs, the friend of the bridegroom served as an intermediary between the suitor and the woman in the wedding. He presented the bridegroom, the bride to the groom as the friend of the bridegroom. Moses was responsible for negotiating the match. He brought the bridegroom's proposal to the girl and he carried messages back and forth between the two parties. Finally, Moses led the people to the foot of the mountain and presented them to God. This is a Jewish wedding custom. It's interesting that at this time, that, and this is, what, this is what Christ was quoting, and this is what he's talking about. He's quoting the Old Testament. Watch what he's saying. Jesus said that if the wedding guests cannot fast, while with the groom, what's he talking about? You can't. You can't. They, they can't. You, you don't fast when the, the, the when the wedding groom is here. What are you doing? The Pharisees should have known this. John's disciples should have known this. Well, what's Jesus talking about? Zechariah chapter eight, verse nineteen to twenty. Uh, sorry, yeah, nineteen to twenty-three. The Lord of hosts says, "The fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth, 
and the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth month will become times of joy. All of these fasts that are in Jewish custom, God lumped them all together and said, this is going to be a time of joy. Why? It will become times of joy and gladness and cheerful festivals for the house of Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. The Lord of hosts says, peoples will yet come, the residents of many cities. The residents of one city will go to one another saying, let's go at once to plead for the Lord's favor and seek the Lord of hosts. And I'm also going. Many peoples and strong nations will come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and plead to the Lord's favor. The Lord of hosts says in those days, ten men from nations of every language will grab the robe of a Jewish man tightly urging, let us go with you, for we've heard that God is with you. That's what he's talking about. They're mourning and fasting, and look, 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 he covered all of them. The Lord is of the fast of the first month, the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth will become times of joy and gladness and cheerful festivals for the house of Judah. Jesus is saying, why aren't you celebrating? I am here. The Messiah is here. The answer to your sins to be forgiven is here. This is what you hoped for. This is what the Pharisees taught. This is what the Pharisees believed. This is what John's disciples believed. This is what John believed. They knew what Zechariah said, but they obviously didn't trust it because they didn't believe that much in Christ at this point, obviously, but there are some problems. Here it is. The Messiah is right in front of them. God is amongst them, wrapped in the flesh of Christ. And they're mourning. This is a time of celebration. The Messiah has come. Surely this is a time to be thankful for God. It said, look, look what it says in there. Many people, in verse 22, many peoples of strong nations will come and seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to plead for the Lord's favor. He's right here. You can now plead with him. This is the time. This is the place. Oh, Lord, this is what we celebrate. This is it. In Jewish custom, there was some strong, strong fasting that was part of culture and tradition. Handed down by Moses. Very important. Very important on these days. Just a little bit of, I mean, just, just, Jesus is not, not trying to say those things aren't important. What he's saying is, this is the culmination of those things. You fasted and prayed all of these fasts for, for one thing, the Day of Atonement. This was the petition, the forgiveness of sins. That's what all this fasting was for. You didn't do any of these things but besides for the one truth is that you wanted forgiveness of sins from God. Here he is. And they're hanging on to their tradition. The tradition has become more important than the creator. This is what happened. Let me say it again. Their tradition has become more important than the creator. They have said basically, our traditions are far weightier than you, God. 
We're going to observe them regardless of the fact that you are here because the reason we are doing these things is because we want your favor. But now that you're here, we're going to do what we want to do. That's what we've been taught. And here's Christ now going to break the chain. Is Christ upset with them that they stuck to the tradition? No. But we know the Pharisees will choose tradition over truth. That's what's going to happen. Everything that you, that in the Levitical laws, everything that was handed down by Moses was for the express intent to be a shadow of the Messiah to come. This was the preparation to get their souls ready for the Messiah. And it should have been passed down through generation to generation. This is what the, this was the plan, the righteous plan of God. What happened was man and sin. Perversion. Taking God's tradition of truth and adding in their own extra. Let's add in some extras. Let's add in some let's add in some things that men can't do. Let's try to have a show of righteousness. Let's add in rules and regulations that God did not hand down, but let's hand them down in the spirit of God. They're thinking they're doing the right thing. But in the end, they're shackling men, handcuffing them, making it hard for them men to get to God. Why? Man-made tradition. Man will seek in his religion and in his belief structures his own way to get to God has always been that way. What do you think works-based faith is based on? I, by my own effort, can get to God. They took traditions, warped them, made them unbearable to people that could carry them. Nobody could carry those weights that they started placing around people. There were over a hundred extra laws that was placed on my brothers and sisters in the Old Testament. So heavy that they could not carry them. That's kind of like today. No different. Religion of Catholicism. One of the greatest perverted religions I can think of. Place so much strength and slavery around a human soul. Many have gone to hell because of it. And they will answer. These traditions, Jews didn't help them. They just preached them. And it's easy. Now let me get let me let me, let's be honest. If you're the Pharisee, if you're the lawmaker, it's easy for you to keep it if you made it. You're the deciding vote. You're the deciding factor. It begins and ends with you. Can you imagine how swollen their power became? But to men like me and you, women like women, women sit in a situation where they could not hold up to that. What do you think happened to their spirits? Can you imagine the torment that they were going through? Not only is the truth of Moses laying on them, now they got societal pressure laying on them too.
No hope. No turnaround. Nothing. Nothing there for him. You just in, you just in the wrong and suffering. Your conscience bleeding, battered, bruised, broken. Your prayers feel like they're not answered. They're not gonna get answered. The sins of your life weighed on you so deep you can't even breathe. Desperate for a savior, but the very people that should have been preaching about the savior started preaching on other things. Is that not the nature of human sin at its best? We know that because Christ directly addresses it. Directly addresses it. How? Take a look. He said, look, there's going to be a time where people should fast. There will be a time where you will need need to put on sackcloth and ashes. There will be a time where you're going to have to do everything you can to get on your knees and beg God for endurance and strength for the persecution coming. But he's saying the time's not right now. But Jesus said there will be that time. Look at what he says. Verse 20. But the time will come when the groom is taken away from them and they will fast in that day. This is the hint that Christ is talking about that he will be taken away, tried unjustly, crucified. God will lay all of the sins of man on him. Christ will endure it. Christ will die on that cross. He'll be buried and resurrected. This is Christ giving them an indicator. This There will be a day. It's not today though. It's not right now. This is early in Christ's ministry. Remember that. Not right now. God is with you. This is not a time to lower your head right now. God is with you. This is not a time to be grieving and crying. God is with you right now. This is a time that you celebrate and be around the living true God. Wrapped in the flesh of Jesus Christ. The very thing that they believe and hope for is amongst them. And they're not celebrating. They're not happy. They're not cheerful. And the very leaders that should have led the charge of the celebration. It should have been a festival to, to end all festivals. We're hanging on to tradition. Choosing tradition over God. That means everything they believed was a little bit skeptical. Did they truly believe in God? Or did they trust in their man-made religion with the laws of Moses peppered in on it to give it an air of infallibility? To give it some truth, give it some credence. Here's a time for the fast to not happen to celebrate the fact that now you can plead to God directly. You can plead to God directly. It's right here. He's right here. He's right here. John says it. 
He's right. He's right here. This is what the, the prayer and fasting was all about. This is what it was all. This is what you lived for. This is why you spent all them nights and and days and of the losing food and losing sleep and tears and crying. This is what it was all about. Asking God for forgiveness. Here's the Messiah who will be the last sacrifice and the last lamb that will and is able to forgive you of your sins. This is the time to say thank you, Jesus. And they're mourning and fasting. They're mourning and fasting. Not interested in truth. Interested in the tradition. Isn't that crazy? Here we are. Jesus amongst them. And they don't even know who he is. They don't even know. Look at 1 John chapter 1. He was, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, was with God, and the Word was God. He was, he was with God in the beginning all things were created through him, and apart from him, nothing, no one thing was created that has been created. Life was in him, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. I mean, here he is. Look at verse 11. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right. To be the children of God to those who believe in whose name. Isn't that a, isn't that a, I mean, the, Jesus gave the law to Moses. Sin was revealed by the law. Here comes the grace from the law to be forgiven of the, to be forgiven of sins. Here he is, right here. The forgiver of sins. Your Redeemer, they should have believed and known better. But tradition had them paralyzed. And they couldn't see him. Their hearts were hardened. Sin will do that. Sin will harden a heart. Do you mean to say that again? Sin will harden a heart. It is the way it is. It's what it does. Look at Hebrews chapter uh, Hebrews chapter uh, chapter three. If you allow yourself to be hardened by the deceit of sin, here they are believing in the truth of the Messiah, trusting in God, and finally when He's here, their sin tricked them, and they believed it. They believed it. They believed it. They believed in their tradition. Here's John. John's disciples now. Surely the Pharisees, okay, we get it. They denied God, but surely not John's disciples. Yes, John's disciples. And John was the one that baptized Christ. Surely they would have said, no, we shouldn't be more than we should be celebrating. You think John didn't teach them about Zechariah chapter 8? I'm sure he did. John wasn't a stupid man. You, you think John's disciples heard about Zechariah chapter 8 from the synagogues, from the scribes? I'm sure they did. I'm sure they knew about Isaiah 53. 
It's still a problem, though. There's still a problem. They didn't believe the one who was sitting right in front of their face. He's sitting right there. The one that nations, people from all kind of cities, would travel far and wide to seek the favor of God. That makes sense, but what's, what happened? They sure they believed in Isaiah 53. Of course they had to. They had to know about it. Look at Isaiah 53. Verse 2, it said, He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. But yet they still had, I mean, that doesn't explain everything. They had John, right? Religion. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you want to know how dangerous religion is? Christ directly addresses it. No one sews a patch of untruck cloth to an old garment. Otherwise, the new patch pulls away from the old cloth and a worse tear is made. Verse 22, and no one puts new wine in old wine skins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost as well as the skins. But new wine is for fresh wine skins. Jesus, what are you saying? You cannot bring anything of man with you through the narrow gate. Directly talking about Matthew 7. Directly. Man-made tradition cannot go with you to the Lord. Can't do it. You can't go to heaven with anything that you're holding on to besides your broken soul. That's it. He's directly talking about Matthew 7. Got to. Has to. You can't enter heaven no other way. You got to go through the narrow gate. You got to go through the narrow gate. You got to. It's hard. It's not easy. You got to leave it all behind. You got to. Jesus knew this. Look at look go to, look go to Matthew chapter 7. Enter through, look at verse 13, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many ways to go through it. There are many ways to go through it. 
How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. You can't find it by hanging on the man-made traditions. You can't hide it by hanging on to your religion. You can't find it by hanging on to your specific belief structure. You can only find it by bringing your old broken soul. There is no other way. There's no other secret. There's no other alternate path. There's no other balloon ride you can take. There's no shortcuts. There's no life hacks. You can only go one way. By yourself. You can't bring someone with you to testify for you. You can't bring your mother with you. You can't bring your father with you. It's only you can fit through that gate. Only your testimony can fit through that gate. Only your words can fit through that gate. Nothing else goes with you. Nothing that you believed in. Nothing that you had faith in. Except Christ alone. And Christ is all that you can get through with that gate. Nothing else. Nothing. Nothing. Whatever you believe right now. If it is not in Jesus Christ and the trust of the Bible. You can't bring it with you. Your Baptist can't take it with you. Presbyterian can't take it with you. Catholic can't take it with you. Jewish can't take it with you. Judaism, Islam, nothing goes with you through that gate except you and your testimony. That's it. Anything you drag with you, you will not make it. Christ was very specific. There are many ways on that broad path. That's what you're looking for. Your religion can't save. Being a Baptist can't save you. Being a Methodist can't save you. Being a Pentecostal can't save you. Being a, being a Muslim can't save you. Being a Catholic can't save you. Being non-denominational can't save you. Being a Buddhist can't save you. Being a humanitarian can't save you. Being a decent human being can't save you. Because no one is good. No, not one. Romans chapter 3. Nobody does good. Nothing that you made with your hands will go with you through that narrow gate. Nothing. And when Christ is addressing this, he's very specific. Very specific. How specific, you ask? What's Christ talking about? Let's take a look. How specific? What happens when you bring the truth of God and mix it with some human belief? Christ addresses that. The gospel and human tradition Say it again, cannot be merged together. It cannot. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. You can't put something new on something old. It can't happen. He's telling you. You can't do it. If you got some socks that are over 50 years old and the toes have come out the front, trying to sew on some new socks, you put some new front in for the toes. The threadings go come loose. It's going to happen. Because when pressure comes on that foot, when you put that shoe, put that, that, when you put your, your foot in that sock, and that sock goes in that shoe, and you start walking and doing the very regular things you do, uh, eventually you're going to be in that shoe, and you're going to start feeling the inside of that shoe with your toes. You can add that same understanding to clothing. Your t-shirts, your underwear, your jackets, your hat, doesn't matter. 
Can't do it. It's going to fall apart. And Jesus ups the ante. He ups it. It becomes even worse. What do you mean by it gets worse? Look at verse 22. And no one puts new wine. Now, look, now it's open. Now you're starting to get some more weight on it. First of all, don't add religion and the gospel together. You can't do it. Can't do it. Now he's saying, now comes the wine. Uh-oh. We got a conundrum now. First, the first warning. Here comes the second. The second one has more weight on it now. Watch this. And no one puts new wine in old wine skins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins. And the wine is lost as well as the skins. But the new wine is for fresh skins. What's he talking about? What's he saying? This, this, this is some hard saying here. Well, well, hold on, time out. First of all, God is very clear. No man tradition and my gospel will mix. We can go Old Testament. Nothing of the law and man's, and man's little tradition can go together. It is a law in the gospel that is all that is said by God, case closed. Anything you start adding to that, what does the Bible say about that? There is something that comes about when you start adding unstruck clothes to old garments. That, 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 there is a serious thing that happens when new wineskin is poured into wineskins that's been merged together. Well, what happens? What happens when you bleed those two together? Our Bible is clear. The Word of God talks about it. Let's look at Luke chapter 8. And let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at let's look at verse 13. And though and, and the ones on the rock are those when they hear the word receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while and in a time of testing they fall away. And for what fell among the thorns, there are those who hear, but they go on their way. They are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. There's nothing for them there. They tried to take two things and merge them to one. Well, why would they do that? Now, the sower seed is, a, is one of the most important reads, I believe, in the Bible when it comes to a Christian understanding of salvation. Why? We are the good soil. That comes right that, that comes after it comes in verse 15. But then verse 2, 13 and 14 gives us an insight that people are readily to hear the good news. It sounds good to them, feels good to them. It feels good within their spirit. They've been waiting to hear this. We can apply this to the Pharisees and John's disciples. They heard it, they felt it, it felt good, but external matters came in at play. I'm not saying John's disciples fell away. Didn't say that. Bible didn't tell us that. But the Pharisees, we know, there's no root in them. They did care for the riches and pleasures of life. They did. It mattered to them. That tradition was what they wrapped their tradition based on their riches and pleasures of life. They like being looked at as the holier than thou guys. They like look, being looked at as the highest of the high. They like being looked at as the esteemed. They wear the holy clothes, the holy robes. 
They, they like being men of status and stature that people look up to because, ah, that is a man of God. I got to pull on his clothes and see if he can't give God's favor. Isn't that what Catholics do? Pull on the robes of that fake, devilish, satanic pope, bishops, archbishops, lying priests. I mean, if I could just touch your clothes, you can talk to God and give me favor. Jesus said, the narrow gate, you got to give an account to God. You and you alone. Nobody else. I want to hear from your mouth, your lips, you will give an account. You will give an account. You got to give an account. It happens. You have to. Has to. Matthew 12, 36. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word that has been spoken. You've got to tell God what you did. You've got to confess you chose your religion over God. You've got to confess you chose your version of the Messiah over the true Messiah. You've got to confess it. And you will go to hell. That is waiting on you. It was waiting on me. It was waiting on you as well until God in his grace and mercy gave us the path to Jesus Christ. And it did not come by our religion. It did not come by our human belief. It did not come by our so-called high morale. It did not come because we believed we could save ourselves. It came because we were broken. It came because of his mercy. His grace. Nothing we did earned any of it. Religion can give you a false sense of security. Thinking that you had a hand in your salvation. No, sir, no, ma'am, you didn't. No power lies in you. No power lies in you. No power lies in you. You are, we, me and you are known as the no mighty and God is known as almighty. There's no might or strength in you that gets God's attention. It is by his will and his will alone. His will his will alone. And religion struggles with that. Because it doesn't like it. Because you, it, it, it can't keep you hooked and interested. If it starts preaching the truth, it's got to preach a lie. And guess what happens when you add man-made tradition and the gospel together? Let's give you, let's give you another point. So two things happen. False teachers... False converts. Two things that happen when you start adding gospel and man tradition. False preachers. False converts. Matthew 7, 15, 17. Right after he talks about the narrow and the broad gate, he gives you a direct impact punch to the face. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from the bushes, nor figs from thistles are they. So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad fruit, bad trees bear bad fruit. 
Here we go again. False teachers, false gospel, false converts. False teachers create what? False converts. False converts and false teachers have false fruit. When you go up to them and you're looking for an orange and you see the orange tree and an apple comes from it, don't eat it. When they start talking about holy living and that pastor has it and the pastor is a woman and she's telling you about holy living, don't listen to her. When the choir gets up and starts singing, doesn't matter what song, they're all beautiful. That man is a homosexual, unrepentant, don't listen. When a man gets up and starts telling you how to live your life for Christ but directs you to everything worldly, don't listen. When your pastor goes and preaches every Sunday and Wednesday Bible study and prayer meeting and you don't hear about repentance of sins, you don't hear about repenting of your sins and you don't hear about the grace and goodness of God, don't go. Bad fruit. Sounds good, looks good, but when you bite into it, it's not an orange. Pleasures. They teach the very thing that God tells you to run away from. Looking for cares and riches and pleasures of this life. False teachers, false converts live in that arena. They love it. That's what they look for. That's their meat and potatoes. They don't live by the every word of God. They live by the every word that they can find on their own. It's just the truth. They don't live by the same standard as we do. They don't live by, they don't hang everything on the truth of God. Philippians 3.19, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. That's what false teachers preach. That's what false converts teach. That's the meat that they give. They don't have any truth in them. They don't have any grace in them. They have no Holy Spirit. And they only have hell. They can only preach to you what is already killing them. Man's tradition and the gospel can't mix. Cannot mix. Must not mix. If you are in a situation like that now, run. Flee. You are being led to your destruction. Cannot mix. Must not mix. Must not mix. That very thing of tradition that was going on with the Pharisees that John's disciples was suffering from is the very thing that tore apart the Galatian church. When Jews that said they believe in God they did profess believing in Christ, but then tried to bring in Judaic man tradition. And Paul went all into him. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. You see, it happens right there. Let's go to our Bibles. Galatians chapter 6. I mean, this, there's nothing new under the sun. This was happening back then and even in the first church. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be happening right now. It's gonna be happening when we're passed on. This ain't going nowhere. These kind of crooks and charlatans and and sick, demented behaviors not going away. This has been going on. This is not going anywhere. 
Look at look at verse eleven. This is, this is chapter six in Galatians. Look at what large letters I use as I write to you in my own handwriting. Look at Paul. Look how long my letters are. Do you think I'm going to write all this to you and put this in parentheses and in caps if this wasn't important to me? Those who want to make a good impression in the flesh are the ones who compel you to be circumcised. But only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Freedom circumcised don't keep the law themselves. However, they want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh. They don't even do the right thing. They want you to do what they're doing. They don't even believe in the law. And they're telling you, you got to do what's right by the law. They don't even believe in it. And giving you no hope and help to accomplish it. Paul, Paul's pleading. How do you go down this road? How did you get here? We just freed you. We just freed you from man-made traditions. And you've allowed this perversion to come back in. And you're considering it. That's what's happening, brothers and sisters. They were considering this. this hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This was this was thinking. They were this was belief. This was trying to become doctrine. And Paul's like beside himself, going, "How did y'all let this happen? How did you get here? Did you not partake of the fruit? Were you not here when? Did you not believe?" Did you not trust in it? Look at verse 3 in Galatians chapter 3. You foolish Galatians, who has hypnotized you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ vividly portrayed as crucified. He showed you. How did you let somebody come in and put a trick on you? You Christ opened your eyes. Look, Paul's acknowledging. These are some true believers. He believes in his heart. He's true believers. So he's confused and, and vexed by the fact that here comes these Judaizers coming in. With this false man religion, trying to add in stuff that is already passed. The old covenant's passed now. The new covenant's coming. The law is still intact. The Ten Commandments are gone nowhere. But them all covenant rules and standards are gone. The new ones are here. And here they are getting hypnotized. Look at verse 2. I only want you to learn this from you. I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Are you so foolish? Can you imagine Paul's heart just breaking? Are you so foolish? I only want to know one thing. Did the Holy Spirit open your eyes? Tell me that. 
Tell me that. Give me. Let, allow my spirit to feel some relief that you are not falling away from the truth. Are you so foolish at the beginning with the spirit? Are you now going to be made completely by the flesh? Did you suffer so much for nothing? If in fact it was for nothing. Look at Paul is pleading. My God. Paul is pleading. He's asking, look, hold, let me put it to you in some, some lamest terms. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that you've that you suffered all up to this point. You suffered the, the persecution of Christ. You've been, you've been suffering the persecution from the, the, from the Pharisees. The, the society turned against you. Rome has turned against you. Your family and friends turned against you. And now all of a sudden you turn away? Did you suffer at all? Was it all a lie? Was it fake and false? Did you not feel any real persecution? Because in your heart it wasn't a big deal. You were riding the wind of feeling good. The new car smell was gone. But Paul went right to the point. Did any of it matter? Did anything that was preached to you stick? Is there anything still the gospel truth left in you? Is anything you went through and suffered through there? Are you trusting man again? Are you trusting Are you going to fast again in front of the Savior? Are you going to fast when the Savior is here? That's what was going on back then with John's disciples. The Pharisees got their reward. They are loving their tradition. John's disciples are hanging in the balance. They were in the wrong. They didn't understand. It's happening to us today. Are we hanging on to man-created theology? Man-centered ideology? Man-centered psychology? Man-centered sociology. Are we all wrapped up in what we think? When someone asks you the question, what do you think John 3.16 means to you? Run. No matter what you think. Matters what God said. Matters what God said. Matters what God says. So with all this hitting the fan, New wineskins. With all this hitting the fan, heavy. I mean, this is some serious. This is some serious conflict going on, brothers and sisters. It happened in the Galatian church. Sin was ripping apart the Corinthian church. It may be tearing your church apart. The truth of the gospel is in head-to-head collision. With your religion. It could be happening in your church. It could be happening in your church. It could be happening. It could be happening in your spirit. Maybe you're hanging on to some old belief systems. Maybe you're hanging on to some old thought processes. And they're falling in collision. And you're suffering. Maybe you've maybe sin has got you to not get on your knees. Maybe you haven't repented in a while. Maybe you've started to trust in your man-centered religion to get you through because getting on both knees, begging God for forgiveness, was a becoming very tough and heavy on your knees. Maybe this is a time to start looking at. 
Am I trusting too much in man's religion? Am I trusting too much in what the pastor's telling me, but it ain't lining up with the word of God? He ain't preaching out the Bible as much as he used to. Bible studies turns into self-help groups. Church service looks like a seminar of self-help. You start hearing Mary Mary songs. That's the God in me. But the only thing they're bragging about is money, cars, and houses. This is happening. This is happening. This is going on every day. Man's collision with the truth of God. Man's collision and the truth of God. This is what's happening. Day after day after day after day. You cannot add anything of a tradition to the truth of God. You cannot. The, uh, the, the, the ESV study Bible says the kingdom of God is not merely a patch over the Mosaic law of Jewish traditions. Jesus brings in a new era of new ways. It is hard for people to believe in Israel today that the Mosaic laws have gone. They're gone. The old covenant is washed away. The law still stands. But there is no more blood sacrifices for atonement anymore. There's no more leaning on tradition anymore. There's no more leaning on your own efforts anymore. There's no more leaning on you finding that innocent bull that you have to slaughter and cover with blood. On, on your parishioners to atone for your guilty sins. There is no more faith in the fact you can hold the ritual. It is no more ritual that you can do to atone yourself of your sins to God. God is forgiven no more based on your habits and on your skill set. It is through Christ and Christ alone. Nothing of human tradition can save you. Nothing that you conceive in your mind can save you. Nothing that a man teaches, if it's outside of the Bible, it cannot save you. Only, only path is Jesus Christ. Your hope is in pleading. Your hope has to go to Christ. Your hope has to go to Christ. You and you alone. You and you alone. I, I mean that look, this is about as hard as it gets, it's about as real in reality it gets. All the prosperity gospel in the world is not going to save your life. All that fake, fake miracles they, they plotting on you. 
all this fake things they doing to you, giving you these false, these false catchphrases. You can pre, you can plead the blood till you're blue in the face. Situation ain't gonna change. Don't you understand? The minute you mix truth with a lie, it's no longer the truth anymore. The gospel is still the truth, but everything you believe now is a lie. The gospel is true. You a liar. Fake pastors a liar. Fake, fake converts is a liar. Fake church is a liar. If you go in church, if you talk to a supposed self-professed Christian, and you hear everything that is not in that Bible, but you hear the name Jesus at the end of it, don't believe it. Look at what look at what look at what look what Peter says. What happens in these days when people want to merge? They want to merge the truth with a lie. False prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of the truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. And their condemnation from long ago is not idle. And their destruction is not asleep. This is Peter pleading the same thing. Trying to hang on to something. Do you know it was an old torture? The Romans used... To so literally would strap a dead corpse to the body of a criminal or a crook. Can you imagine that festering heap of sores and boils and maggots bursting on your body, pouring poison on? And then you know what happens? Then it starts to eat at your skin. Then the maggots are burrowing in. I know it's disgusting, but that's what it's like when human tradition tries to get wrap itself in the gospel. Your pastor, your friends are tying a corpse to your body telling you it's okay. Why does this happen here? 2 Timothy chapter 4, 3 through 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and turn away from listening to the truth and wander off in the midst. They ain't just wandering off in the midst. They're also wandering off in men's tradition. First John 2.15 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Don't love these traditions. Brothers and sisters, you've been freed from these traditions. You've been freed. Paul has said that in Galatians. You've been freed. What are you going back for? The New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem Bible in Colossians chapter 2, 20 through 22 says, If you have really died with Christ to the principles of this world, watch this. Why do you still let rules dictate you? As though you are still living in the world. Do not pick up this. Do not eat that. Do not touch the other. 
and all and all about things which perish even while they're being used according to merely human commandments and doctrines. You got to turn away, brothers and sisters. You can't, you're, if you've been saved inside of religion and you're still holding on to the doctrine and commandments of that religion and they go in contradiction to the word of God, you got to flee. You can't trust it. You can't trust it. You can't trust it. Look at Christ. Mark chapter 2. End of verse 22. But new wine is for fresh wine skins. That's us. The forgiveness of sins is now upon us. You've been you've been made a new creature. You've been made a new creature. A new creation. You're brand new. You're brand new. 2 Corinthians 5:17. Therefore if any is in Christ, he's a new creation. New new wine skin for new creation. Old things have passed away. Traditions are gone. And look, new things have come. The new covenant is here. The new covenant's here. New creation. New covenant's here. It's amazing that we're still living in a time that's so so right of just human man-made centered gospel and Jesus Christ has been relegated to being some moral figure who didn't give out commandments but suggestions and man being elevated to be able to save himself it's just all lies John 3 3 Jesus replied truly truly he's talking to Nicodemus now a man whose whose soul was 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 in crises Christ gave him the news that we all need to know. Truly, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. We've been born again, brothers and sisters. We've been loosed from these problems. Man-centered religion, man ideology and thinking. We've been free. Are you free? Are you still hanging on to old traditions? Are you still trying to find a way to merge your belief system to to the gospel? It's going to burst. Find the narrow gate, brothers and sisters. Bring nothing with you but you and your testimony. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I pray, Lord, that we seek no longer into man's strength. We don't look to ourselves for salvation, but we look to you. We look to you to be the finisher and author, of course, of our faith. We turn to your word and not to the word of man. We believe in your written truth versus the written lies of man. We don't look to our religion for faith. We look to you, Lord, for faith. 
Forgive us for our trespasses, Lord, when we have walked away from you and trusted in our own devices. Lord, chasing us back to you and keep us centered on you. Keep us faithful to you, Lord. All those who are listening today, Lord, if they have placed trust in their religion, let them place their trust in you. For you, Lord, and you alone are the greatest thing that's ever happened to our lives. Shine on us, Lord, and do not hide your face from us, though we have let you down more times we count, but we know that your mercy and your forgiveness is everlasting. God, I just pray that you use us and don't give up on us, as we've given up many times on ourselves and those that we love and even in our faith. But, Lord, you hold us and you promise to hold us, and you you made promises, Lord, and never broke one of them. Lord, help us stay Stay with you. Be Remind us daily that we are sons and daughters of you, Lord. Not to boast, but to be thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. You have just listened to You in HD, your identity in Jesus Christ with Pastor Eric Miller. This ministry is made possible by your thoughtful prayers and donations. Join us each week as we continue to explore our Christian identity in Jesus Christ. May God richly bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.